Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, welcome to Quinania. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I am sitting in for Tom Brown today. And I'm so excited to be here with you. I love it when Tom asks me to sit in and do his show because such a great audience he has, and it's such a great, just such a great environment. So I'm glad you joined me today. And I am introducing to you a message that I have given here in the United States, but also in Africa. And I enjoy this message tremendously. And it is called Top Relationship Killers. And so many times in my practice and when I uh, do deliver messages uh, or lectures, I usually try to start with a positive and say, hey, these are the things that we want to do that work. And here's the things that have you know, worked, you know, have been tried and tested across time and are enduring. And, you know, you implement these and they will really help and they will change your relationships. And many times that is very encouraging and very helpful and people use those things and and it works. But sometimes I find that just the way that we learn as humans, that if we sometimes do the opposite, it has a way of registering a little bit differently. So today we are going to talk about relationship killers. So these are the things that if you want to kill a relationship, this does it. And so I'm going to identify quite a few different things that will absolutely kill any good relationship. And, you know, we know that God is the God of relationship. And first and foremost, relationship is very important to God, actually more important than anything. This is why Jesus Christ died, was so that we could have relationship with God for eternity. I think it's amazing that God wants to be with me forever. I I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even think I want to be with me forever. But it's very encouraging and very inspiring that God wants to be with me forever and that he moved heaven and earth, laid his life down so that he could be in relationship with me. And we know that God is the perfect relator, and he does relationships perfectly. So he died so that we can be in relationship with him. And the only thing is eternal. The only thing that is eternal is is relationship. These last for eternity. And so your success, your wealth, your prestige, your position, your beauty, your power, anything that you create or accomplish, you know, any of the discoveries that you've made, these will not matter in eternity unless they are furthered, if they have furthered a relationship, unless they've strengthened the body of Christ, unless they have brought unity and reconciliation to God's children. That's what lasts into eternity. And so what we understand is that all that we've accomplished in life, all those talents, all of those abilities, any creative endeavors that we might have pursued or fulfilled, no matter how many things we've done that are revered or impressive to our peers, they mean nothing in heaven or eternity, nothing to God. In fact, it's all rubbish. If God didn't create it, strengthen it, and if it wasn't used to heal relationships with himself and with his body. And so we can do all kinds of things for God, with God, through God. But the thing that endures is relationship. 
So thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt sitting in for Tom Brown with Quinn and Nia. Join me in this next segment as we really delve into top relationship killers. Just tuning in, you're listening to Quinania on Faith Talk, 1360 KPXQ, and I am Cynthia Hyatt, filling in for Tom Brown today, and so glad that I'm here, and today we are talking about top relationship killers. So if you are tuning in today and you've never heard me before, I have sat in for Tom Brown a couple of times, and I always enjoy doing it, and I am a psychotherapist in private practice for over 25 years, and so... I lecture a lot on all these different topics and give lots of messages on successful relationships and how to do relationships well. And this particular message that we're doing today, I have um, spoken in Africa with this one. I've spoken all over the nation with this one. And, you know, typically, like I was saying in the beginning of the show, we usually kind of try to be positive and start with the things that are working and really guide and direct people toward, here's the things you want to do to make sure you have a really healthy relationship. And I generally do that. But this particular message kind of helps us look at things in the inverse. And sometimes it helps to really identify what are the things that we might be doing that are really not working and things that we are doing that we might not understand that inadvertently they're killing the relationship. So we're going to talk today at length about top relationship killers and what are the things that we do that are actually killing our most significant relationships and our most important relationships. So we were talking early in the um, just the introduction of the show about how seriously God takes relationship and that this is, this is primarily his entire ministry is that he wants us to be in relationship with him forever. And he values the relationship that he has with all the people that he has created. And he's moved heaven and earth and sent his son to die simply so that he can have relationship with all the people that he creates. And that really is the goal. And that really is the plan. And so it's really important that I understand really well that if the work of my hands cause or create dissension, oppression, or harm, If anything that I do causes someone to feel less than or insignificant or unworthy or unwanted or meaningless, or or what if I cause someone to feel like they're discardable? See, I'm going to stand before God for that because God died in order for humans to feel the value that he places on them. And it's our job as Christians to encourage and help those of us around us, those, those people that we are in relationship with, to actually feel that value 
that they would know how deeply loved they are and how valuable they are. And that sometimes it helps if we look at, wow, I know the things I'm supposed to do, but maybe what might help me is if I just stop doing the things that are, that are ruining things. And I gradually work on adding the things that are working. But why don't we just stop doing the things that are really harming our relationship? So I like to start out with this verse in Luke. It's uh, chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. And it says, he says to his disciples, hard trials and temptations are bound to come. But too bad for whoever brings them on. Better to wear a millstone necklace and to take a swim in the deep blue sea than to ever give even one of these dear little ones a hard time. And God says in response to that verse, So watch yourselves. Watch yourselves. See, it's hard enough to fight our own fallen nature and not to sin. But we don't want to make it harder on each other by mistreating and hurting one another. It is still my responsibility to not sin if you've sinned against me. And you will be held accountable to God for making it harder on me than it already is. But I still am accountable for my own behavior. And I I will frequently tell clients, you know, even if you let me abuse you, I will not do it. Because that's not what I do. That's part of me having good boundaries of saying, here's where I end and you begin. And no matter how bad your behavior is, I still choose what I'm going to do. So it's similar to this idea of two cars, you know, we're driving in a two-lane, two-lane highway, and there's a dotted line between us, and for the most part, we all really respect that dotted line. And we can be going 60, 70 miles an hour, and everybody's fine. And as long as we stay within our lane, we do fine. Well, one of the things about boundaries in relationship is there is a dotted line when it comes between you and I. And just like in my car, if I cross that dotted line, I I crash and I harm people. So I need to make sure that I know where I end and you begin. And that even if you're driving erratically, even if you're speeding, even if you're driving aggressively, I'm still going to do well. I'm going to still be a good driver. And that's the best thing I can do for you. First and foremost, the best way I can make sure that I don't harm you is to do my life well. And that, I say to God, that's my commitment to God. That even if everybody else out here, the outside of me, is not doing their lives well, even if they are devaluing me, demeaning me, harming me, whatever that may be, I'm going to still do my side of the street right. And I'm going to answer to God for that. And I'm going to make sure that as best to the best of my ability that I'm not harming. Because, see, we're all part of one body, whether we like it or not, whether we're acting like it, or whether we want to be. We're all responsible for our part of the body. So in that sense, it is an individual job. However, in the greater sense, it's also a group endeavor, because it's all of us. And I'm separate, but I'm also attached. So what I do affects the rest of the body, even if I can't see the entire body. Think about how you feel when we know that somebody, a Christian, uh, that's walking in faith or that is purported to walk in faith, fails. How that affects the entire body. Even though we didn't fall, they fell. And so it's all of us. 
So even though my eyes can't see the back of my knee, if there's pain there, I can feel it. So even if I can't see you, all of you, spiritually, we can feel it if one of us is in pain. We don't always know what part of us is in pain, but the Holy Spirit knows the entire body. So whether we, quote-unquote, know each other, we still affect each other. And so the mandate is that we love one another as we love ourselves. And I'll tell you the truth. For many years, I had to really uh, be accountable to God and say, wow, nobody would want to be loved by me the way I love myself. And I had to really get my life right with that and recognize that I'm to care for the one he cares about, which is me. He cares about me. I need to care about me. And so when I really care about myself, for real, when I truly take good care of myself, then I don't have to think about myself. If I don't take care of myself, not only do I now have to really think about me, but everybody else has to think about me. And I don't have them thinking about me in the way I would like them to think about me. So it takes a very responsible, mature, godly person to truly care for themselves. So when God asks them to lay their life down, they can. See, Jesus took very good care of himself. If he had not taken good care of himself, he would have never endured the cross. He would have never been able to pull that off. Imagine a world where everyone just took care of themselves. What would that be like? How much the needs of people that couldn't care for themselves would be much more easily met. So one of the things that we remind ourselves is that Jesus lives in me, Jesus lives in you. We are bonded together. So if you hurt, I hurt. So it's important that I make sure that I'm managing how much I'm hurting myself, because that will end up hurting you inadvertently, or maybe obviously. I have to manage how much I'm hurting you, because that will also hurt me. And this is God's design. So we want to hate sin, but we don't want to hate the person affected by it. So we're all sick at some level. We are all fallen. We are all struggling with sin. Some of us are doing better than others. We want, to, we want to come alongside and support the weaker parts of us. We don't want to hate the injured and weaker parts. However, it is still the responsibility of each of us to fight the good fight and to continue to war against the sin in our mortal bodies, even if it's only for the sake of the body at large. Because you affect me and I affect you. And the body feels it. Even if you don't feel significant, you are a part of the body. And the lie of the enemy is that you either don't matter and you're insignificant unnoticed, or he lies to you that you're not any big deal and you don't have any effect on anybody and nobody really notices you. See, remember, when you think about how one little sore, one little hangnail, one little paper cut how much that is obvious to you in your body. So one person hurting hurts the whole body. So it's important that we recognize that we hate anything that harms the body, but we don't hate the body. This is why we, we, we must be praying for our pastors. And we pray for those that are putting themselves on, on the front line. But we pray for the least of us as well. Because all of us matter to God. And so Galatians 6.1, I love this verse, it says, 
Brothers, if someone is caught in a spiritual sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. This is really important because this is one of the areas that that Satan really harms us is that we compare our insides to others' outsides and we feel less than. And when we feel less than, our behaviors usually don't manifest in the positive. So it's important that we only compare ourselves to ourselves. That that's really the only true comparison because nobody is like you and nobody is like me. And so we can't really compare ourselves to others because we all have our own struggles. So we want to make sure that as we do this, that we are managing ourselves as we are part of the body of Christ. So thank you. This is Cynthia Hyatt stepping in for Tom Brown. Quinn and Ia join me in the next segment as we complete and talk about top relationship killers. Welcome back to Quinonia on Faith Talk. <clears throat> Excuse me, 1360 KPXQ. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm filling in for Tom Brown today. And we will be back really talking about this whole top relationship killer. So I'm excited about this topic today. And we kind of left off on this Galatians 6.1. And, and I want to give you one more Bible verse that I really like, and it's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. And this says that long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. And he settled on us the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And he wanted us to enter into celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. And so we are really talking about, I spent the first part of this show really elaborating on the fact that God loves his people and he wants to be in relationship with us for eternity. And he takes very seriously how we interact with one another. And we talked about that verse in, um, in Mark that says, wow, I mean, in Luke that talks about what it means if we were to harm one of his little ones. And we have a tendency to only see this verse as little ones, like little people, like children, When God sees us as his children, and he says, if you were to harm one of my children, it's better if you have a millstone around your neck and thrown into the the deep blue sea. That's how seriously he takes how we treat one another. And so it's very important that we take seriously how we treat ourselves and each other, because he wants us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
And so there is this tendency without us understanding or realizing that the way I really feel about me ends up manifesting outside of me. If I'm at war with myself, if I hate myself, if I judge myself, I will then eventually do that with other people because I can't reproduce outside of myself what I don't have inside myself. So one of the things I teach people about relationship is that you first get yourself right with God, you stay right with God as much as you can, you make that a commitment on a daily basis. You get yourself right with you, you accept you, make peace with you, Learn to love you in spite of all the foibles that you have, in spite of whatever sin it is that you are dealing with or chronically dealing with, that you love you the way God loves you so that you can love others the way he loves them. And it's a powerful mandate. But what you will find is when you do this, your relationships work much better. So the first and foremost thing about killing any relationship is how you feel about you. It starts with you. You want to kill a relationship? Don't manage the one with yourself well. The better you do with you, the better you will do with others. And so your first responsibility is you. And you managing you, you controlling you, you holding you responsible, you loving you, you forgiving you. And what you will find is that as you do that, it is much easier to deal with God's people. You will have much more grace, much more mercy, and much more strength to set appropriate boundaries when they need to be set. You will be much better able to say no when you need to say no, and yes when you want to say yes, and when you need to say yes. So we're going to start with this whole idea of really understanding that I'm going to be teaching you the opposite today. Instead of teaching you the things that do work, I'm going to teach you the things that do not work. And so these are the things that will right off the bat begin to kill any relationship. And so the first one is not respecting, understanding, or accepting gender differences or temperament differences. Not respecting the power of love languages. Basically being unwilling to learn to love the person the way that God has made them. And what I'm saying when I say this is I never give anyone license to indulge in themselves. But you need to know the breed. I need to know me. I need to understand the hardwiring that God has done when he created me. And so I need to understand my gender. What's important to my gender? I need to understand my temperament, my personality. What are the ways that I feel loved? The more that I understand me, the better able I am to explain to others who I am and to require that they love me in a way that is helpful, and to help them love me in that way. So if you want to kill any relationship, especially with the opposite sex, know nothing about gender differences. Don't learn about gender differences, and don't respect gender differences. In fact, the easiest way to kill a relationship is to despise the opposite sex, is to think that the opposite sex is wrong and they should act a certain way, or that they should be more like you. So when I have women that don't want to accept the way that men are made, I say to them, well, you wanted a man, you looked for a man, you fell in love with a man, you've got a man. And I say the same to women, to to men. I say, you know, you wanted a woman, you've got a woman. This is what women do. This is how they feel. This is how they think. This is what drives them. This is what hurts them. This is what works with them. And so the greatest gift we can give to God is learning his creation. This is what God gave Adam to do as his first edict. 
was to learn all the animals and to name them. And so it is our job to learn about the people that we love. Learn what makes them tick. Respect it. Accept it. Now that is very different than character issues. This is hardwiring. This is eye color. Second one, not letting your mate or your spouse, your significant other, your children, be quote-unquote God's problem. So you can't just let yourself enjoy the person that God has brought into your life. You have to work on all of their problems. You have to fix all of their problems. You have to focus on all of their problems. And inadvertently, we end up not trusting God with the people that he died for. And we somehow think that we have a better handle on it or that it's our job to fix it. When really what God is saying to us is it's your job to love them, to forgive them, to set appropriate boundaries with them, and to do yourself really well. And this is where that wonderful verse that talks about, you know, who are you to talk about the log in their eye when you won't take care of the speck in your own? Or the speck in their eye and you won't take care of the log in your own? And so we really want to think about that, that, wow, what is God working on with me versus focusing on what God should be doing in them? And, and I have to be honest with you, this is just part of us as humans, I do the same thing, that it's harder for me to focus on me when I can see very clearly what my husband or my mom or my friends or whoever, my siblings, what they are doing that's causing me pain. See, I want to look at that before I want to look at me. And that's part of the human condition. God forgives us for that. And it's important for us to recognize, wow, that's my natural go-to. That's where I usually land, and I have to reorient myself. I have to remind myself, okay, God, I really want to focus on them. They are really your problem. I need to focus on me. What are you working on with me? And so how about this? Number one, number a perfect way to kill a relationship is be controlling. And what does be controlling mean? Well, there's lots of versions of control, and I want to first help you understand that control issues are usually based in fear. And so one of the things that we want to do with God is we want to recognize, why am I not trusting God? Why am I fear-based? Or why am I anxious? Or why am I worried? Or why am I concentrating too much on this person? And so if it's not fear, it can be pride. Sometimes we're controlling it's because of pride. We think it should be this way. We're judging them for not doing it the way we want. We think our way is better. So we have a tendency to want to really control our external world. And we think that if we get all our ducks lined up out here in our external world, that somehow then we'll be happy. That's not the way God's world works. God really came to invade us. And so he lives in us to have the world change as a result of us. Not going outside and working in, but going inside and working out. And so those control issues, judgment, um, withholding things, um, being aggressive, being passive, whatever, whatever those issues look like, those have a tendency to really kill relationships because they cause people to not feel known, to not feel accepted, to not feel loved, to be afraid, to open up and, and let you know who they are, to take risks. And so what we want to do is we want to live in peace and we want to have some flexibility. We want to really focus on character issues, not preferences. And so our tendency when we're controlling is to think that everything is a moral issue. 
versus recognizing that, you know, preferences and opinions are not necessarily moral issues. And that we really only want to focus on character issues. If we're saying that, hey, that has to stop, it's because it's a character issue. There's a a moral issue involved somewhere. If it's just my preference or my opinion, I may need to adjust. Or I may need to nicely say to someone, you know what, this is just my preference, my opinion, but wow, I would really appreciate if you would stop doing that. That would really help me out if you'd be so inclined. And so I can be very polite about the the request. All right, how, how about this one? This is a little bit more about the issue of control, and that's, again, focusing on the externals and not addressing the internal. So I focus on what I can't control, which is what's going on outside of me, and I don't focus on the things I can control, which is what's going on inside of me. And so I'd rather order the outside world instead of get my internal world in order. And that leads to this one, not working on your own issues. There's no personal growth. This is one of the ways that people grow apart. See, if there's nothing new to share with one another, there's no attraction. And so when people grow apart, it's because they stop growing, not because they actually grow apart. It's because there's nothing growing anymore. And so there's no energy in the relationship. One of the things that is so vibrant about dating is that you're learning who this person is. You're experiencing things for the first time together. You're, you're beginning to like find the areas that you are similar, find the areas that you're different. And it's a very energizing experience. So we want that to, to continue in our committed relationships. The whole point of God wanting us in a committed relationships is that humans need security to change. They need grace. They need mercy. They need encouragement. They need inspiration. They need motivation. They need companionship. They need all these things in order to really change and become who God called them to be. So we want to make sure that we're working on our own personal issues first before we recognize the outside issues that need to change. So this is Cynthia Hyatt stepping in for Tom Brown. The Quinania Show joined me in the next segment as we come back to Top Relationship Killers. Welcome back to Quinania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Cynthia Hyatt filling in for Tom Brown today. And we are talking about the top relationship killers. And so I know that that sounds a little extreme. But one of the things that I have found is that sometimes we learn better in the opposite. And so I usually am giving lectures and, and messages and conferences about all the things that you need to do to make your relationship work. And all the things that you want to add or encourage, you know, each other in or different techniques. And sometimes, you know, that, that is very helpful and, and that can really work. But what I have found is that sometimes when we look at the opposite, we go, wow, we get a whole different perspective. 
So today we are looking at the opposite. We're looking at the things that, you know, if you do these things, you will be sure to kill the relationship that you are in. And so we left off on this idea about not working on your own issues or having no personal growth of yourself. And that we know is really kind of anti-Christian. That is not what God has even called us to do. He lives in us to change us and transform us. But sometimes what we do is we, we kind of think that going to church is enough and reading our Bibles are enough and we pray now and then, but we really don't do any personal growth. We really don't recognize, wow, I'm here down on this earth for quite some time. What am I really down here for? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be helping the body of Christ or moving along the mission of Jesus? What has God really called me to do? And you know what I have come to find? A lot of really what God has called us to do is relationship. That really is his ministry. You know, the world has changed one person at a time. And so I want to really encourage you to be working on you. And I don't mean like this self-centered approach to things. What you'll find is that the more that you let God grow you up, transform you, the less you have to think about yourself. So let's look at this next one. Not dealing with stress and the subsequent reactions, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. I got to tell you, one of the things that really hurts relationships, especially close relationships, is the stress of life. This is a stressful place to live. This is a painful place to live in many ways. Although God is always doing great things and doing good things for us. This is, this is a difficult planet to live on. And stress is very big. And stress is really big for us as Americans as well. We have a very, very stressful life, a stressful way of doing life. We have a lot of expectations. We're very goal-oriented and driven. We compare ourselves to everybody else around us. And, and we really struggle with stress. And so when I don't deal with stress well emotionally, if I let stress affect me physically, if I let stress affect me spiritually, it will also have a huge impact on my relationship. I mean, have you ever been with someone that had a stress reaction that just kind of went off on you? Like you? We see it with road rage all the time. We see it when people just withdraw, they explode. It affects their physical body. It affects their sleep. It affects all kinds of things, their attitude, the way they feel about themselves. So taking care of us is imperative if our relationship is going to work. This is another one, very powerful. This is unrealistic expectations. So reminding ourselves that our other humans, our counterparts, the people that we are down here on this planet with, are mortal people. And they are not my parents or they're my, not my primary caregiver. Now, if you're a child, that would not be the case. But we need to recognize that the other adults in our lives, our friends, our, our spouses, wow, our church, they're mortal and they're not my parents. They're not here to take care of me. They're not my primary caregiver. I am the primary caregiver of me. And I spoke earlier on in the show, just imagine this world if everyone just took care of themselves. What would that be like? So I want you to really consider this, that having unrealistic expectations on people, that they somehow should not make mistakes, they should be clairvoyant, they should have ESP, they should know exactly what you're thinking, exactly what you're feeling, and know exactly how to respond perfectly, that they should somehow 
know exactly what you need at any given time, that this is not realistic. And it sets people up to fail, which causes them great grief and creates a lot more confrontation and argumentativeness and negative feelings in the relationship. So we really want to recognize, wow, this is hard for them as well. We're all doing probably the best that we can. There is a small percentage of people that are not doing the best they can. But for the most part, you and I, we really are doing the best we could. If we could do better, why wouldn't we be? I mean, really, if we could do it better, why wouldn't we be? So the next one, this is a very powerful one, and I have to tell you, I, I, it's amazing how prolific it is still in the Christian community. And one of the best ways to kill a relationship is infidelity and pornography. And this is not, I'm not saying anything in judgment or shaming anyone. This is one of a very difficult time to live, to really live a righteous life when it comes to sexuality. It is really in our face all the time. And it is really acceptable in our world. Television, radio, just walking around the mall, just going anywhere. And, and you can see how different the world is than maybe it was 40 years ago. And so this is one of these things that we really have to be on guard. We have to be very careful about because the enemy wants to minimize it and make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. And, and wow, we're just being, you know, puritanical about it. When really what God is wanting us to understand is this is the most precious part of ourself. This is the greatest gift he gave us is our sexuality. This is the deepest part. It's a huge piece of our identity. And it is the most fragile and the most frail part of ourselves as well, in the most sensitive place. And it is the place that we are to guard and we are to protect and that we are to take seriously is our sexuality. So we want to recognize that, wow, we want to be careful what we put in because we can't undo things, right? I can't not see something that I've seen. I can't just forget what I experienced. And so what we put in the computer, what we put in our brain, goes straight to our soul. And we can't really get it out. Now, God can heal us. God can purify us. God can make us new again. But we can't undo what has been done. And so we want to be very, very careful. And we want to, if we need, we want to make sure that we're accountable to somebody that's safe, that is not going to judge us, that's not going to, going to harm us in that way, but that's going to really understand the pain and the difficulty and the challenge it is to be a person of sexual integrity. And that is a calling that God has asked us to be. He's asked us to be different than the world. And he's asked us to be that not only as a representative of who he is, but to not harm ourselves or our relationships. So what's another one? Well, this is one of the uh, more important ones. I need to ask myself, why am I in this relationship? Why am I in this relationship? Am I in it for me, for my needs, because I want my life to be better? Many times this is indicative of, of me not wanting to grow up. And one of the more difficult things that, that those of us that are in this profession have is the amount of people that are not growing up. We are just not growing up people the way we used to. And maybe we're not requiring it. Maybe it's taking longer. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not as attractive as it used to be to be a grown-up. But it really hurts relationships when I am seeing that relationship for what it's supposed to be doing for me. 
and not going into a relationship to make that person's life better. And so I want to make sure that the relationships that I am in, that they are better for knowing me, not worse. That I am adding to their life, not taking away. Because that's an adult perspective. See, children can't think that way because they're dependent. But we as adults, this is a, this is a mindset that we need to make sure, wow, how am I affecting this person? So how about this? Am I taking things too seriously? Am I moralizing everything? I have to really make sure that I am not moralizing everything and deciding that my preferences and opinions are morality now. And that I need to like relax a little bit. I need to kind of go with the flow. I need to say, you know what? That's really their problem. They need to be on top of that. God, if I see that, you see that. If I heard it, you heard it. If I care about it, you care about it. God, I can trust you with that person. And I can trust you with their growth and their development. They don't see things the way I see. Maybe they don't have some of the um, convictions, God, that you've given me. But I'm going to live by the convictions you've given me, and I'm going to answer to you for those. And the rest of it, I'm going to encourage the people around me to grow in grace. I'm going to encourage them, and I'm not going to judge them. So do I have boundary issues? Do I not know where I end and you begin, which is some control issues? Am I codependent? Do my good feelings about myself depend on you? And whether or not you like me or whether or not you're happy with me. A- am I forsaking my life to do your life? You know, do I care too much about what you think and what you say and how you look and how you act? And so therefore I feel controlled in the relationship even if you're not purposefully controlling me. So what's another one that can kill a relationship? Well, addictions. Addictions absolutely can kill relationships. Any compulsive disorders like workaholism, food, gambling, shopping, We have all those compulsive addictions. We have all the substance addictions. And in today's world, just like with pornography and infidelity, it's much easier than it's ever been. And so we need to be gracious with ourselves and gracious with one another. That this is a tough place to live. And and the tendency to want to do self-medicating behaviors is, is very understandable. Very understandable. And so that doesn't make it okay. It just makes it that, wow, I need to have some compassion, some empathy when people are struggling with these things and make sure that I'm doing my life well so that if I can help, I'm available, but that I'm not going to be codependent. I'm going to make sure that I understand boundaries. I'm going to know where I end and they begin, and I'm not going to take it personally. It really is, ha- it really is their problem. And I'm going to encourage and help in whatever way that I can and still make sure that they know that they are responsible for that issue. And they have to think it's important. They need to work on it. So how about assertiveness? How assertive am I and how assertive am I willing to be? So we are almost done with this hour and I'm so glad that you joined me. So we have a couple of minutes when we come back. So this is Cynthia Hyatt, again, uh, sitting in for Tom Brown on the Quinonia Show. Join me in the very end of this show.
Well, welcome back to Quinania. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt sitting in for Tom Brown, and I'm so glad that you are with me today. And we've been talking about top relationship killers. And so I want to leave you with just a couple of things and to remind yourself that one of the things we really want to make sure that we do is we practice the habit of forgiveness and we don't keep records. This is a big one. And that relationships require time and that we need to spend time. And that we also need to keep confidences. And one of the things that kills relationships is not keeping confidences. So I want to encourage you about that. And and really ending the show, and I so appreciate you listening to this, and it's a very brave person that listens to these things, because this really checks us, and this really challenges us to be who God has called us to be. Because the number one relationship killer really is selfishness, and that is placing concern with oneself over one's interests above the well-being or the interests of others. And so what we really want to think about is that that's the issue that Satan wants us to be selfish versus practicing self-care. And that self-care is not selfish. That means I don't have to think about me if I'm caring and maintaining myself. And so if I'm feeling like, wow, I'm not getting any of these needs met, I want to encourage you to talk to someone I want to encourage you to find out what's going on in our relationship that we are not getting our needs met and that we are maybe not being the best version of ourselves, and that there's no shame in that because I'm telling you relationships are hard. I know for my, myself in my own personal life, I work on them a lot and I know that, that God knows what it's like. So thanks again for listening to Quinn and Nee on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I've had a great time guest hosting. You can also listen to my show on Sundays at 4 o'clock at Conversations with Cynthia. And I pray that you have a blessed day and a blessed week.